This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday morning, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we're your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And today, Grace will be gracing us. I feel like I've said that before, but whatever. I'm going to reuse it because it's low-hanging fruit, <laughs> easy to grab. Uh, she'll be gracing us with another tale of the wild thornberries, our second to last episode of thornberries. And then we're moving on to a new show. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. We already yes. know what that show is, too. We do. This far it's... out, which is unique for us. It is. We never... <laughs> Play this far out. Hold two no. episodes in advance. Look at us. I think so <laughs> we're we're maturing. We're changing. Yeah, we're growing. Learning. We're Evolving growing every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but until we get to that new show, yes, this will be my last Wild Thornberries episode, and then you'll have one next week. Um, and I'm very excited about today's episode. I think I say that every time, but also whatever. Um, for a few reasons. So one. Most importantly, it gives me the chance to toss, toss, brag, oh, because they're in Nepal for this episode, specifically oh. in the Himalayas, oh. toss, oh. toss, which I've been to. <laughs> um, that's it. That's the only bragging I'm going to do. I just, I just had to oh, get okay. it done well, up top. That's more than most people can do. So, you know, I what? Have to do you, it. you brag on, girl, you brag on. I've <laughs> never been proud to of Nepal. this fact. um and so we join the thornberries in nepal uh as they're being guided to a specific point in the himalayas uh which they call dieting point which i don't think is a real place but they are going to dieting point to hopefully find some snow leapards which is why i'm also yes exactly that's why i'm so excited this episode i love snow leopards so Mm. much so they are being guided by a Nepali family. They've got two parents who don't speak English and a preteen son um, who's named Tenzing, who is their translator. Mm. And we're going to get into a few things right off the top here because I want to. And because mm. the writers did some fun, interesting things. But first... Um, just like a general fun fact is that, uh, I'm sure you've heard people refer to like outdoor guides or people who like bring your packs up and that kind of stuff. Um, especially in Nepal and Tibet as Sherpas, like people Mm -hmm. just kind of like refer to like that process of like a guide carrying all your stuff as a, as a Sherpa. Um, but, or like they had a Sherpa, but actually Sherpa is not another term for like guide it's actually a tibetan and nepali native peoples um who live in the himalayas so it's an actual like group of people um and in nepal in a 2011 census uh it was estimated that about 113 people were sherpa still living in nepal 113 Um, wow 113,000 sorry in my head I said thousand (laughs) okay maybe you didn't I just missed it but yeah okay I was like whoa that's wow that would have been fucking wild yeah yeah that was was a better protect them at all costs (laughs) I mean still do but like yeah Yeah, that was gonna be a lot more dramatic than um, my number (laughs) for sure um 
but due to being a peoples that are native to extremely high high altitude places where they still live today, um, as do many other Nepali and Tibetan people, um, they are well suited and acclimatized to these super high elevations. And there's even some speculation that um, throughout time, they've kind of adapted to be better suited with these elevations, like with their blood vessels somehow, and like the amount of oxygen mm. that they can take in because the oxygen's so thin up there. And they've lived for over 6,000 years um, in these, like in the Himalayas, basically, at an average altitude mm. of about 14,700 feet and up. Oh yeah. Gosh. So, like, you know, in Colorado, people be like, oh, we're here to climb 14ers. And it's like a big accomplishment. Yeah, that's what they, they live, live in. They live in higher they, than that. That's their daily life. Okay. <laughs> they wake up and they climb 14ers. Because <laughs> they're just already to get on to top. their kitchen. <laughs> Back in my day, I used to have to walk to school <laughs> uphill 14. both ways, 14,000 feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and so the Sherpa people are very regarded as elite mountaineers and experts. Um, and since the Westerners started exploring the Himalayas, uh, the Sherpa people did start becoming guides uh, for these tourists, especially up Mount Everest, which some local Sherpa communities believe is part of a sacred landscape. And there are other um, people who are native to that area who do some of this like mountaineering guiding work, like the Tamang people, but Sherpa just has become slang for like a guide, people who are carrying up packs. And speaking hmm. of Mount Everest and the Sherpa people and the Thornberries and mm -hmm. the writers doing something fun in this episode, I okay. mentioned that in the family that's guiding the Thornberries, there's a son named Tenzing. And this is just mwah, incredible because Ooh. Tenzing Norgay, also known as Sherpa Tenzing, was an extreme in real life, was an extremely skilled and accomplished Nepali Indian Sherpa mountaineer who was one wow. of the first people, a.k.a. it was Edmund Hillary and him, to summit Mount Everest, at least in recorded wow. history. So yeah. in 1953, uh, Hillary and Tenzing were the literal first two people to step foot on the summit of Everest. Um, oh, my God. How cool. Yeah. And so that, like, like the writers just, caught that, too. And yeah, yes, I was like, <laughs> good job, writers. I was so touched. Um and then I just found this like fun, great, They're like little Grace camps listening. <laughs> One day she'll know. Yeah. Maybe this was like the episode that implanted in my head when I was like, you know, seven years old or something like that of just like, yeah, get into the outdoors, go to yeah. Nepal, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, just wired through you. <laughs> all, like I said at the start of this arc, this show defined who I became as an adult. This is another yeah. check in the box. Another um, example. Yep. And so I found while just being like, oh, what was like the rest of like Tenzing's like life and career? He even before summoning Everest was a super successful mountaineer. Um, and in 1978, he founded a trekking guiding service, Tenzing Norgay Adventures in the Himalayas, which is still in existence today and is run by his son, who is also summoned at Everest. And so oh, yeah. my heart just grew three times in that moment to know that this happened and is still in existence today i looked at the website seems dope y'all should use awesome. their service nice so 
This, this is not a sponsored ad. <laughs> yes, not a sponsored ad in any way, shape, or form. But technically, in Nepal, and it orders you any trekking, you legally have to have a guide. Some people don't do yes. that, but that's pretty fucked you know, up that you don't do that because it's supposed exactly. to support the local economy. Anyways, one and to support maintaining your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. so yes, I just I thought of your vampire bat episode in which they gave nod to yeah. Dracula and Renfield, and now yeah, I was just like, these are these are writers. writers. They really are. They are. The more I watch the show, the more I'm like, God, the like they they close all the holes. They tie yes. the knots nicely and neatly. Yeah. Like they they do their research for the most part. They take some liberties, yes. but like yeah, for, for the most, most part, part, the writing is so good. Yep, agreed. Lauren <sighs> varies. Anyway, just love them. So, anyways, yes, we see the uh, family, the Thornberries, and um, Tenzing and his parents trekking along in the snow, and the, the we see the camera kind of pan out from them and kind of go follow their footprints back a little bit. When we suddenly see there's another set of footprints very very large footprints mm. but the snow blows them away before we can see what exactly they were before anyone else can notice that there's some footprints also following them but they wouldn't have seen these footprints anyways because the thornberries are too excited about the possibility of capturing snow leopards on camera if they're okay. indeed oh no 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 not just capturing yeah. oh god <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, plot twist. <laughs> Never mind about our compliments about the writers. Yeah. No, no, no. On, camera. On camera. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Appropriate. <laughs> and of them. Good. All right. Yes, 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 yes. Good normal things happening. <laughs> um, so the the main impetus to capturing these snow leopards is to try and see if they're actually still living in this particular region near this dieting point that they are going to. Um, and this, I mean, obviously not the dieting point thing, because I think that's made a place, but it yeah. is true that the that snow leopards do live in the Himalayas and that they are extremely elusive creatures, which is why the thornberries are like hoping that they catch them on camera, but they're not really positive. Yeah. Um, they're often called the ghosts of the mountains because they oh, camouflage so well among the peaks of Asia, um, which is a pretty, pretty cool name and scary yeah. name, actually. Scary, but cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, because I love snow leopards, you love big cats as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about snow leopards for Yay! a second. Tell me everything. <laughs> yes. So, snow leopards just they don't just look how they look for maximum cuteness which they have but for practical reasons so they have little tiny round ears that are super fuzzy to minimize heat loss Mm. they have these huge huge paws that distribute their weight evenly when walking on snow Uh, they actually have fur on their the pads of their paws to help them grip surfaces and still oh. minimize heat loss, since they are living in the Himalayas, obviously. They've got spots to help camouflage them among the rocky, snowy terrain and a very thick, long tail, the longest of any cat I learned, um, mm. that yes, helps yeah. them. I know, well, fashionistas <laughs> <Yeah>. over here. <laughs> um, these, these tails help them store fat, 
stay warm because they can wrap it around them like a little blanket. Oh, and I know when they curl up in little bones, wrap it yeah. around um, and keep balance when moving among the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to their camouflage, the first at least known published photo of a snow leopard in the wild wasn't published until the 1970s. Um, and they remain kind of known as like a unicorn of the animal world for actually getting footage of them. Um, I think like the Planet Earth series was also one of the first to get like video capture. I think wow. only in the last like decade was it like ever seen or captured at least mm-hmm. on footage of like them mating. So they're super elusive. Um, they are super solitary creatures and incredible hunters. And mm-hmm. they appear on like regular, you know, like subreddit or like Instagram pages along the lines of like nature is metal. If you've ever seen those pages. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. When it's like a snow leopard, like leaps at the neck of some like, you know, deer or like ungulate or whatever, grabs its neck, yeah. launches itself and the deer off the side of a cliff. Like metal. T- humbling <laughs> stories down. Yeah. They slam onto the ground and then the snow leopard just gets up and drags the, the prey yeah. away in its mouth just not, fine so hardcore <laughs> yeah just not a care in the world yeah just like i don't know i don't even know what it's, it would be because it's so fucking crazy it looks at us like how do you get your food <laughs> wait you this is how i prepare mine you put yours yeah. on a stove i need to have it drop an elevation a couple hundred feet and i'm just, yeah i'm not gonna walk and it the, all the way down right or like this drop is my microwave it exactly the thrill warms it up the thrill (laughs) of falling down a mountainside (laughs) it really gets its blood pressure boiling i actually like them to have heart attacks while i kill them for fear it just makes it taste a little better it makes the muscle a little bit more tender to bite through (laughs) it gave me meat sometimes hard so you know i gotta really Mm -hmm. adjust that meat somehow um so yeah uh snow leopards can pretty much maybe except for like a yak can take down any creature that they come across in the himalayas so um well except maybe for people unless it probably just i just don't think it's ever decided to attack a person i think it definitely could murder us that second yeah Um, right if it can do that to any other sort of yeah yeah we I no don't chance. think that I would be safe against the snow leopard personally. <laughs> yeah. So and I'm not like humans. a small person or yeah, like I, super out of shape. So I mean, if yeah. he just like took its tail and just whipped me off the side of a mountain cliff, like, what's the plan? Yeah, I'm, what, I'm gonna die. I'm I gonna be there. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. It's that. That's it. And I, I'm glad you said that because I was gonna ask, like, are they violent towards humans? But if they mm. are also are kind of rare to find, we just might not know. And you know, that's probably for the best. Yes, I think it's a I think we don't wanna know. Yes. I mean, especially like with all of the footage that I've ever seen of them, it's like very clearly from far away. Like mm-hmm. no one's like crawling into like a the their den with them or whatever. Like people do that. Or for, like, they did and they research. were never seen again. Again, <laughs> um, Alexis. Oh, okay. put a pin in that. <laughs> okay, just for a little bit. I'm gonna get through the rest uh, of my fun facts and just okay. hold on to that thought real quick. Cool. In like another paragraph and a half. Um, cool. <laughs> but why I say maybe uh, people is their one enemy. 
Because since 1985, snow leopards have been listed as a th- as threatened with extinction. Mm. The population is estimated to be less than 10,000, and it's expected to keep declining due to poaching, mm. climate change, and habitat destruction, specifically due to human encroachment and development. So maybe they should start thinking about murdering us. You know, I don't know. I would not. I would turn my head if I saw it <laughs> happening. Oh, ooh, that snow leopard is chasing after that human. Hmm. Hmm. Is that a snowflake coming yeah. down? Because you're like in the Himalayas surrounded by snow. Hmm, interesting. Wow. <laughs> They're all different. Wow. Let's look at all of them. <laughs> Um, so anyways, the stoke is generally high right now in the Thornberry clan. Um, they're out in the Himalayas. They're searching for snow leopards. Even this, um, uh, dieting point that they're headed to, uh, which is kind of like a base camp. Like it's like a tea house, um, of sorts, uh, is even legendary. Nigel tells us, and he explains, explains joyfully pretty ominously that his own personal and professional mentor went to this same spot to study snow leopards as well 20 years ago and was never seen again oh oh there's that little pin yeah okay wow also it's funny that why are they all going back to their old mentors and stuff from 20 years (laughs) in the past This guy was working with Nigel at the same time Marianne was working with Renfield Spinoza. (laughs) (laughs) And oh, how they're past. I mean, I guess this goes to show that. I'll put a pen in that too, baby. (laughs) No, just being a mentor is dangerous work. Uh, Spinoza kidnapped, almost was going to get murdered. This guy disappeared without a trace into the Himalayas. Yeah, Yeah. which sounds terrifying, actually. Like could have crawled into a snow leopard cave. And again, like you said, never been seen again never been seen we have no bones to prove or deny this information <sighs> so <sighs> i didn't know maybe he's out there maybe he's on a belly we'll <laughs> soon find out <laughs> maybe he was a snack yeah. um and uh again like i said nigel says it kind of joyfully and just shrugs it off and marianne <laughs> looks pissed she like glares <laughs> at him eliza's eyes grow huge and are terrified oh, she's like okay excuse me what someone went missing out here which is like, not gonna girl. tell the girls that yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like horrible parenting but like i get it marianne i get it you got a job to do <laughs> yeah or like you know explain a little more of like what baby happened don't just be like well no one ever saw him again so let's go back nice. into the same have area where a... he's disappeared from <laughs> yes let's go there anyways kids have you seen that video of a snow leopard like gripping the neck of someone and killing it we're gonna go find those cool. just oh nigel <laughs> I can't yeah. just like Debbie already isn't on board so oh like, yeah Debbie she's probably just like are you kidding me no and Eliza's yeah. now like oh wait Debbie, yeah Eliza's I'm also like, concerned yeah now I'm also on the fence um yeah. but Nigel being Nigel yes he continues on in his joyful way saying that there are just so many things to discover in this area and explored peaks snow leopards the yeti and immediately at this, Tenzing spins around and snaps at Nigel, not even to speak of the Yeti. Um, also, 
side note, Tenzing is voiced, and I'm so sorry, I'm going to say his name wrong, um, by Malik Pancholi, who if you saw a picture of him, you definitely recognize he's a comedian. He played Jonathan in 30 Rock, if you ever watched that show, who was like in a suit, like an aide. He's a voice in Phineas uh, Phineas and Ferb, and apparently is from Dayton, Ohio. Oh, hey, what's yeah. up? Technically Cincinnati resident or <laughs> native. Yeah, exactly. Hamilton County area. Yeah, ish. Yeah, ish. I don't know whatever. I'm like, I kind of want to look him up, but I don't, I, I'll look it up later. Yeah, look it up oh. later, look it up later. But anyways, um, that was just a fun little fact. And um, kind of pretty rudely, Nigel scoffs at this, asking if he actually thinks the Yeti is real being like i was just saying that bro like we're in the mountains like you don't you don't actually believe in the yeti and eliza stops and says wait what's a yeti which like <laughs> what's my reaction to? i was like girl what all the books you read and you <laughs> yes. never ever come across heard a yeti? yeti i'm like i guess she only reads non-fiction exclusively <laughs> yeah, <nerd. laughs> yeah i'm a fucking nerd <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, my friends, what is a Yeti? Um, I think we briefly covered the Yeti in the past, maybe in a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah. Like, lightly touched on. But I'm going to talk about it today in the context of Nepal, since that's where the thornberries are. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, um, the people of Nepal, specifically Sherpa, are known as the keepers and guardians of Yeti lore, which I did not know. I did not either. So the word Yeti potentially comes from a merge between the Sherpa words ya, meaning rock or cliff, and te, meaning animal. Um, And although Mm -hmm. in Nepal, it can be translated to things like the wild man, um, not necessarily like cliff animal, um, sources vary a little bit on the exact origin of the name, Uh, at least in my brief research. I'm sure there's more answers somewhere. Nope. <laughs> anyways, but I chose not to find them, even though I thought it was interesting. So anyways, um, the Yeti is said to be a large ape-like creature that inhabits the Himalayan mountain range, covered entirely in hair except for its bare feet. Oftentimes, folktales of Yetis uh, depicts them as unfriendly creatures and often as bad omens. And as Nigel is questioning Tenzing in our episode... Tenzing tells a story about a girl in his village who was grazing her yaks one day when a Yeti attacked and took all the yaks from her. And turns out, quince again to our writers, because this is a local story from 1974 from a young Sherpa girl who was indeed grazing her yaks, got knocked out, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, And then the village authorities, when they found the girl, followed the uh, yak tracks to a cave where the bodies of yak the yaks were found. So pretty grim of yeah. a story. Um, and many uh actual famous mountaineers, including the actual Tenzing um, and other ones, have reported seeing tracks of the Yeti, although, you know, obviously it kind of goes into the cryptids category in this day yeah. and age and uh folklore. So Nigel continues to be rude and saying it's all fake, but the damage is done. Liza is terrified. <laughs> uh, this is the one first, mention. 
Yep. One mention, one story of the little girl like herself being knocked out and her animal friends being taken and probably eaten. Just stay away from the axe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or yeah. just always be around yaks because yaks are the prey, not you. True. Okay, good point. Anyways, yeah. it's or up to Eliza just keep Darwin that. around because maybe it'll go for like the smaller, <laughs> I think less like the slower, smaller, you know, option. <laughs> Something that already seems like an animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, Eliza is freaked out about the possibility of this violent creature lumbering around the mountains. Um, so yes, as they're trekking, gasps come across Tenzing and his parents. And Nigel and Marianne, as they suddenly, yeah, (gasps) gasps, as they suddenly come up to a gate and a construction site in the middle of the mountains. Mm. Yes. So Nigel tries to read the sign on the gate, but it's in Arabic, so he can't quite like suss out what it says. When a group of men walk up, chuckling at Nigel's attempts to translate the words, and they tell him that it says, construction site, no trespassing. And Oh. <laughs> yeah, all of the signs with like, X yeah, on them. Yeah, on a construction site, probably uh-huh. on the fence of the construction site. Like, <laughs> exactly where it was. Context clues would have saved the day there, but okay. Nope, not Next. for Nigel. <laughs> Nigel only needs hard facts for the yeti for signs for for entering private property (laughs) exactly direct with him very so the man walking in front is the seam he's wearing this long fur lined red coat uh or a black like all fur hat that first made me think like is this dude russian i guess they're trying to say he's not because the sign's in arabic he has a vague yeah. accent that did kind of sound a little more Russian. It was confusing. He's a contractor. <laughs> you know what? You're right. This is a foreign company. <laughs> yeah. He's a contractor. Also, development. real quick. So is Arabic like the primary language, some form of Arabic primary language in Nepal? Nope. Okay. I didn't. I That's was why I was confused. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. These are a contractor. Uh, never mind. Go ahead. What? What? <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, Saudi Arabia is just coming in town. They're probably, like, digging for <laughs> oil or some shit anyway. <laughs> They're just covering it up as a construction site. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, it was very, I was very confused because I was like, why is this in Arabic? Yeah. Because also, like, the other side of the Himalayas is Tibet, not yeah, an Arabic-speaking so, like, country. Yeah, kind of close anyway. to China. Anyway, yeah. yeah maybe I, the riser's being racist. It's okay. Because I, yeah. I thought that I was that you were teaching me something new too. Nope. I was like, oh, nope. I had no clue that they spoke Arab and uh, or Arabic in uh, Nepal. Nope. I... They primarily do not. So okay, yep. cool. Nope. Yep, <laughs> I uh, sure cool. was not teaching you anything. I've learned that actually now that they do not speak Arabic. <laughs> See? Well, at least it's you not the primary language. language. Yeah, 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 I'm sure yeah. some it's, people do, obviously, but it's not. Poly- yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, um. Hasim is surrounded by a few other men who are dressed also very warmly, but they're just glaring at this group of trekkers. Um, and Hasim is voiced by, again, someone else you have to look like later, but you will see his face and recognize him immediately. Eric Avery, who was in The Mummy, Mr. Oh. Deeds, the oh. 2001 Planet of the Apes. Wait, was he... Um... 
what's her name's brother and or the what's his name the british guy and yes the i think mommy? he is british okay yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly yeah, who you're yeah. talking about then. Yep, yeah. I just rewatched that movie not that long ago. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. I felt like watching Brendan Fraser. So I was like, let's watch the <laughs> mummy one and two. Yeah. yeah, I think he's like the British like museum curator. I can't remember. Maybe something like anyways. that. Yeah, I'll look him up to see if I'm thinking of the same person. But yes. So, anyways, yeah. it's the same. He's voicing this. It's great. So Kasim cool. continues to introduce himself and actually explains to the Thornberries that he is relieved to see other people up here because it's so isolated basically he's like i've been surrounded just by my employees holy mm-hmm. shit thank god someone else to talk thank to you <laughs> while he's surrounded by his employees who are hearing all of this Awkward. but whatever um he does hope though that this this group of people thornberries tensing and his family uh won't be the last people who come up here um in the short term because after his brand new resort gets built as he points at the construction site there Ah. should be plenty of people making the trek up there to stay at this resort so i was gonna ask what they're building there that's uh, full resort not great idea but anyway okay well um marianne lets him know that immediately because without missing a beat she says that this construction is going to endanger the already endangered snow leopards Uh and he comes back saying like i mean basically i'm pretty sure he was like well we haven't seen any yet like they're not a problem here i don't think they're in this region anymore and like if they came close to the construction site we have a humane way to like capture them so they don't like get into the construction site, which is actually dangerous. Like yeah. they'll try mm-hmm. and capture them outside of the um, gate and then, uh, I don't know, or re-release them or something like that. So I don't know if you have to add the word humanely to what you're doing makes me think maybe you're not doing it humanely. Maybe it's not humane. Yeah, it was not the best. So anyways, Tenzing and his family have seen enough and urged the gang to keep moving and not to engage further with Hasim. So they hike away. But as they do, we see very brief glimpses. We kind of like, again, pan out again. Tenzing, his family, the Thornberries are walking away. We're camera view POV kind of up on the, up on a mountain peak. Mm-hmm. And we see a very, very hairy shoulder, which could be someone with overactive glands <laughs> or not. This is true. I mean, <laughs> I, I the Yeti has overactive glands apparently. So could it be a Yeti? <laughs> could it be a human? I don't know. <laughs> I will tell. Could be a snow leopard. Very hairy. Oh, God. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. And they do have shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do have shoulders. <laughs> so they keep hiking until they reach Dieting Point which consists of a little tea house filled with some bunks, a table, a radio, and a heater. And as they start to settle in, they hear this a big old roar. Tenzing and his family are like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking Yeti roar. That is some bad news bears. We're, one, not taking up higher up this mountain, and two, we're all leaving right now. Like, yeah. Lock no, no, doors. no, no, no. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> yeah, but not even that. Like, we're just straight up leaving. Like, get yeah. your kids, get your wife. Get we're going back kids. down. <laughs> um, but again, very rudely, the Thornberries. Um, Marianne explains that, like, <laughs> 
People used to think that the roar was a Yeti, but it's actually the roar of a snow leopard. So we're going to go ahead and stay, which side note, only three like big cats actually roar and a snow leopard is not one of them. So <laughs> whatever. Anyway, I, I hate that she's like overstepping the natives here. Like, yes. please let me explain to you what the sounds in your native locale <laughs> yeah. actually mean. And then that she's so, she's so confident and so wrong. <laughs> at the same I know, time. just like doubles down. Like, Nigel's already a jerk about this. And then yeah. Miriam's just salt on the wound. I yeah. wish Tenzing would have been like, actually, only three. Yeah. Which it's like a lion. I think maybe a regular leopard might roar and like a jaguar. Mm. I'll mm. Go look it up and confirm at some yeah. point. So, Sounds legit to me. Yes. Anyways, so <laughs> they're like, we're staying. And so Tenzing and his family are just like begging the Thornberries to leave. The Thornberries continue to resist, rudely call them superstitious. And so Tenzing and his family, like on their way out the door, Tenzing like turns back and says, we will hope for your safety. Oh, and then geez. they leave. So, oh, like, gosh. I get that people may or may not believe in, like, cryptid things and folklore creatures like a Yeti. But you have people who live in these mountains saying, this ain't safe. So, like, mm-hmm. I'd be packing my bags saying, all right, we'll come up in two days and check it out then. Let's go home where it's safe. Y'all are the experts. Yeah. Not us. No. So, anyways, Eliza's just looking out the window, trying to listen into this roar. And she kind of whispers over to Darwin, that's not a snow leopard <laughs> or any type of animal. Yeah. Or she can tell. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder if she speaks Yeti. Interesting. Well, then, anyway, we'll about to find out. Apparently, maybe. Not. Who knows? Maybe. Or, anyways, yeah, or I guess she, she does not. And she. Doesn't Doesn't understand this animal. Um, Yeah. And then everyone just goes to bed. Like, no probs. So uh, the next morning, uh, Nigel and Marianne head out with their camera to capture footy, hopefully of some snow leopards. And as soon as they leave, Eliza, Donnie, Darwin all head out with their own little camcorder to follow the howls slash roars that they've been hearing all night and decided, let's go find that. Um, okay smart yeah real smart debbie who is freezing and like you said earlier is not into it no matter what stays back at the tea house (laughs) but very quickly into the trek darwin is also fucking freezing cold and is over the fact that they are like we just said walking towards the danger um and so he's had it and this time i guess the cold is really what gets to him because he goes back to the tea house he's like oh "Uh uh-uh i'm not dealing with your bullying right now eliza goodbye heads back home good for him i know i was like stand up for yourself yeah at long last she bullies him so much so i guess eliza's like great i still got something smaller for me as prey aka (laughs) donnie (laughs) donnie's fast though so i would have had your bets on that and and we've seen donnie kick the ass of multiple animals yes true actually maybe he's the protection not the prey that's maybe a better way this is eliza's bodyguard (laughs) um so they uh, Liza and Donnie continue their way uh getting closer and closer to the source of the howling and they come to the top of a precipice 
and Eliza immediately hits the floor and tells Donnie to shut up. Well, she oh. says be quiet. Because okay. <laughs> just below them is a very tall, very hairy ape-like creature. Mm. The Yeti. Mm. And so, and it's yeah, so it's backs turned towards them. Eliza's like shushing Donnie. She's getting her camcorder out. And Eliza realizes that Donnie is quiet. Maybe too quiet. Oh no. Because it's Donnie. Yeah. And so in slow motion, Eliza turns around to look right as Donnie is cranking his arm back with a snowball. Oh. And just fucking launches it, hits the back of the, the Yeti's head. Oh, and gosh. immediately the Yeti roars. We see its eyes fly up as it starts to turn around. But Eliza, uh, as soon as she saw the, the snowball flying through the air, has immediately gotten up, grabbed Donnie by the arm, and is running as fast as possible for their sweet, sweet young lives. Yes. Um, and because the Yeti probably had to scale up that like precipice they were on, they do luckily manage to get away, but smartly, like they just keep running. They're like, we got to get as much distance as possible, throw this Yeti off their track, do a little yeah. like running around. Um, but turns out that they go pretty far from the tea house, but luckily they're not lost. They find themselves back at the construction site from the night before. Okay, good. So kind they, of. Like, yeah, they like at least like here's a landmark. We know familiar exactly. Here. Yeah. Also, if this yeti comes and chases us, get on the other side of this fence. There's some adult humans here. Maybe right. They can't possibly let two children just die, right? <laughs> Murdered by a yeti right in front of them. Fr- in front of them, right? Right. right? Cut to, or I guess <laughs> rewind this exact conversation in which you and I were like, if we saw a snow leopard about to eat a human, we would just yeah. turn away. <laughs> you know, the the yeti is yeti. much more endangered than the snow leopard. There's only one <laughs> exactly. of them. <laughs> um, uh, but as they start to leave the construction site to head back to the tea house, they hear whimpering um, and track down. Eliza's able to follow it. because She can hear it, understand it. It's something asking for help. And they run into one of the humane traps that Hassan told them about. Luckily, mm. I guess it kind of is. It's just like a cage that like fell down. There's no like trap door or anything. <laughs> yeah, no spikes. Like it was just to like get this creature in one place. Elias okay. is able to just like lift it up and move it. Okay. Um, and what they see is a baby snow leopard. Oh, it's a baby. Gosh, it's these people are horrible. Cub. I know. It's like this but... little baby cub. Because yeah. even though, like, well, here's the thing. It would have been fucked up if it was, like, a dangerous trap, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So um, they obviously couldn't. But, like, this animal is definitely traumatized. It's a little cub. For sure. From its mama. Probably looking from it for its mom. Yeah. Yeah. Has no clue what went wrong. Yeah. And even more, like, like cold dark heart growing warm yeah. is the second it's free it's so happy and it's like running in circles around eliza and donnie mm-hmm. saying thank you and like nuzzling up against mm-hmm. them like on their chins and cheeks just being You're like so thank, you so much, thank you so much thank you so much yeah and i just <laughs> it got me <laughs> so unlike in our last episode my last episode in which eliza told the creature just <laughs> Go find your way. I got other stuff to do. And oh then my gosh, it yeah. like fucked that creature's um, whole life up. 
Um, Eliza and Donnie decide to escort this sweet baby snow leopard cub back to its home, which is... Sometimes she learns her lesson. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Debbie is alone in the tea house still, super bored, when she starts hearing pounding on the tea house door. She, she's kind of like wrapped up in like her sleeping bag still, inches over to the window to like peek out to be like, um, there's not supposed to be anyone here. Who's at the door? Yeah. Peeks out. And she just sees Darwin there. I mean, uh, granted, he's like on death's doorstep. He's like icicles yeah. hanging off of his nose on his face and stuff. Yeah. But Debbie does open the door for him and she starts like cracking up as he like runs in and like jumps under the covers of one of the bunks. Aww. She's like both laughing at him, but she's also like, oh my God, Darwin, like that just freaked me out so much. I thought I was being like one of those dumb girls in a horror movie who goes to the source of like, the like scary thing and i was gonna open the door for you like that was so dumb and right Mm -hmm. as she says that she's like i just looked right out that window looks out the window face of a huge yeti Ah, in the window starting to roar even just you saying it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it starts screaming super sharp fangs by the way um wow Darwood and Debbie both start screaming and trying to block the door so it can't get in. Um, yeah. Didn't know that they were supposed to have sharp teeth, but this one definitely does. This one does. This one is adapted. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, remind me, where are N- Nigel and Marianne? Or they, they're just out They're out footage? trying to find snow leopards. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Cool. Yeah. All right. And so. also... I wonder if Debbie is now she's too afraid of the Yeti to think about this. But before, when she first saw Darwin, was she like, where the fuck's Eliza? Oh, absolutely not. No, she asked yeah. no questions. She was just like, oh, my like, God. I would be like, "Are is this a warning? Are you coming back to tell me that Eliza like fell off a cliff or you two are never <gasps> right. separated or very rarely? It's always and something like, bad. She <laughs> should have been doubly worried God. when then a Yeti showed up with yes. sharp teeth to also be like, Wait, did this Yeti eat my sister? My sister may be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Were there blood on those fangs? Yeah. Unclear. What about Donnie? Where's the rest of my family, Darwin? Did you sacrifice them to this Yeti? And then lead him back. Darwin just like under the covers, like. (laughs) (laughs) Just like warm now. (laughs) (laughs) Gets cozy. Um, Back in the hills. Um, and the mountains of the area, the snow leopard cub has indeed led Donnie and Eliza back to a cave where he rejoins another cub who's so happy to see his sibling back and his parents. And here's the thing. I have to remind myself, it's just a cartoon because Mm -hmm. snow leopards cubs do you stay with their moms between 18 and 22 months, but the fathers are absent fathers and they do not stick around. They mate mm. and leave. So inaccurate depiction of this family, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. They have to do it for like the, it's a cartoon. It's got yes, kids it, have to like look up to this sort of behavior. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyways, the cub tells um, its parents that Eliza and Donnie are the ones that saved them. And the parents are very grateful. At first, they're they're like ready to attack, but then the cub like steps in and is like, no, no, they saved me. I was in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the parents also give them little snuggles, little head rubs, mm-hmm. um, because they're just happy that their baby is home safe. 
And Eliza starts talking to them about like where they found the cub so they can kind of know to avoid this area. Um, and they tell Eliza that like, not again, we keep having to move higher and higher up these mountains because people keep coming and ruining their homes. Except sometimes he comes to protect us. And just as Eliza mm. is saying, who's he? There is yet another, at this point, all too familiar roar, howl, thing, noise, just outside of the cave this time. And Eliza grabs Donnie and jumps behind some like boulders in the cave to hide. And she yells for the snow leopards to do the same. The Yeti roars again and lumbers into the cave, heading straight for the snow leopards, who did not move quick enough to run for cover. And in a moment of, to her credit, being a hero here, Eliza jumps out from behind the boulder and puts herself between the Yeti and the snow leopards, starting to yell at the Yeti not to hurt them. Yeah, hero Mm. or... Idiot. (laughs) I was trying to think of what's that, like, award that happens every year for, like, really dumb people? Like, it's like... It's like whatever, Uh, like, like dumb, like, YouTube videos for being like, you are really dumb at, like, the web... Webby Awards? No, that's um, I think the Webbies are serious, serious, you know. Maybe it's the Darwin Awards because the, they're being oh, like natural selection did like not it. help yeah, you. That yeah, could be like at the Darwin Awards. Eliza is a front runner. <laughs> yes, in this like cut to they play this moment during her acceptance. Speech. Yeah, everyone or, in like, the audience is like clapping, <laughs> but she's not there because she's dead. dead. <laughs> Donnie is accepting it for her. He didn't jump out because <laughs> he's fast um, enough. He ran away. Yeah. Exactly. So as she does this, one of the cubs jumps into Eliza's arms. Eliza's like holding the cub protectively. Right as we hear, and I got it. I should have practiced more. Oh, I can't wait. An accent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be. That wee cub likes you. And Australia? Huh? Yeah, see, it's, it's it's supposed to be Scottish. I like have to like think uh, of like Sean Connery. The wee cub likes you. I don't know how to do it exactly. That is tough. That's a tough one to do. Yeah, it's okay. a tough one. That's but fair. either way, um, to everyone's further shock after this Yeti just spoke. Yeah. Yeti... <laughs> I like how that's not what we're focusing on. Hold on. <laughs> it's my bad accent. It's your accent. <laughs> um, yeah, Eliza said the thing. He's like, say what? And again, to even more shock, the Yeti takes its head off. Well, metal. Nature is metal. Nature is metal. <laughs> um, well, specifically, it takes its mask off of mm. a Yeti head to reveal a very thin man with a bald head and bushy black beard and dark skin. And he introduces okay. himself as Angus Macwarder. At your service. Thank you very much. That sounds and Scottish. Yes, the snow leopards all crowd around him, jumping into his arms and nuzzling up against him. Eliza is like, what's happening? (laughs) Donnie has picked up the Yeti mask and is wearing it and like running around the cave. He's like, I never Um, know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, just like, I'm just here to hang out and party. Um, So Angus, seeing Eliza's pure terror, confusion, pure like should i run is the cubs in danger still who the fuck is this guy um angus 
English, I don't know how to say it in, in Scottish accent, um, continues to explain that he came to this area a long time ago to study the snow leopards, but after seeing the danger that they were in, decided to go full, our favorite thing, vigilante justice yes. on this yes, shit. And yes, become <laughs> their savior. Hell so yeah. For the last like couple decades, he has pretended to be the Yeti in order to scare people away. <laughs> he's in it for the long con. Also, he's fucking terrifying these locals, these Sherpas. <laughs> yeah, I think the damage is definitely more on the local people who have this folklore and fear, not the foreign company. Contractor. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like he, anyway. Okay. I mean, like generally, I support it, but is, there's some ethical gray areas here. He's definitely like appropriating their like folklore and their culture to yeah. to do this. This this white Scottish man. Yeah, and like they but you know what? It's for the snow leopard, so I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, in this, like it's, one um, instance. Like all of vigilante justice, it's a gray area. Exactly, <laughs> a real gray area. Yeah. Um, so, well, you know, maybe I'll give them, no, no, I'm not going to give them any credit. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, he's definitely taking advantage of this folklore and yeah. local fear. It's so, very Scooby-Doo-ish, by the way. Yes, but like, 100%. he's not trying to steal anything. He's trying to protect something. So that's, I'm like, yeah. okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, there's a lot of, a lot of ethical things going on yes. here. But he believes that his reign is starting to come to an end because the development is just moving too fast. Yes, his reign is the Yeti. <laughs> what if he just like then looked at Donnie with like stars in his eyes of like, but I know who my heir is. Successor to my throne. <laughs> <laughs> my Yeti throne. Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> it's running around yeah. um yes so he says no matter how many people i scare away more and more just keep coming back now like this new construction site basically like technology has come too far i can't mm -hmm. get them away anymore and eliza instead of being like oh my god you've done such hard work for so long or instead of being like you must be so tired for being a hero to these creatures. What a great service. She yells at him and calls him a quitter. What? And then, what the fuck have you done, Eliza? Yeah, exactly. And then she shit. runs down the mountainside straight towards the construction site, despite him yelling at her like, that is too dangerous. What are you doing, small child? You're a quitter. I don't listen to quitters. <laughs> You're a quitter. What have you ever done? <laughs> Runs off. Dramatic 90s running. <laughs> yes. He was also at sunset. So, yes. <laughs> Very dramatic. Yeah. And down at the construction site, um, the construction crew who I think maybe are local people. So maybe that's part of the tying into the local folklore situation. Mm. They start hearing very deep growls, which immediately makes them panic. And yeah. even more so they panic as they see a rising shadow from like the top of one of the like construction equipments, like with its arms raised and growls coming from oh, it. No. So the construction crew, um, all GTFO right yeah. there. Understandably, but I will say hilariously, Hasim walks out like from his office, yelling at them to get back to work. 
And then he notices like this figure, but from his angle with the sunset behind them, it's not a shadow to him. He can like see what it actually is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little girl, a crazed looking boy on her shoulders (laughs) and a snow leopard cub on his shoulders with a cloak over themselves. (laughs) Common mix up. A common whoopsie do. Yeah. They're like, Ah. he's like, what is this? You guys running from, you're not getting paid to run by (laughs) the way. But they are getting paid. Oh. To get these hoodlums. Because Haseem yells at the workers to get them as Haseem, workers, Nigel, or not Nigel, sorry, um, Eliza, Donnie, little cub, all start sprinting away. And back at the tea house, Nigel and Marianne finally get home after an unsuccessful day of trying to find snow leopards. And Debbie tells them about the Yeti situation. Nigel and Marianne are like, this seems problematic, but also, where is your sister? Yeah, and and your brother, technically, and, yeah, yeah, and your brother, mm-hmm. and like in your China episode, as soon as the question leaves their mouth, they hear screams from down the valley, <laughs> and they turn to see three <laughs> figures sprinting as a mob of angry men follow. Oh gosh, and they immediately know this is Eliza and yep. Eliza's fault. They should probably go figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So our daughter being chased by an <laughs> angry mob down the mountainside. Mm, it does sound like mm. her screams. Very mm. interesting. Mm. We, we might as well probably oh. go save her. Is that a snow leopard cub? We must go. Oh, Get the camera, Marianne. <laughs> Come along. Um, so Debbie as- watch Darwin. <laughs> Yeah, you stay, you stay back and uh, like Debbie's already reclosing the door. Yeah, she's like already like asleep in bed. <laughs> yeah, she's like, like by the Liza fire. did what? She was gone when what now? mob, huh? Good uh, night. Care about the Yeti situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh yes, as Eliza, Donnie, and the cub are still running, they unfortunately reach a very steep and tall cliff face mm-hmm. that is a dead end. And Hasim and his worker gang close in on them. Eliza is standing in front of Donnie and the cub, again, being kind of heroic. Again, this one is her fault. She better step up. And she does. She's like protecting them, yelling that she's not scared of these men. And low-key terrifyingly, and I think this goes back to, I think what we said at the very start of our arc is like the scary part of these episodes is like the scariest animal is people always mm-hmm. um, because to Eliza's cries of I'm not scared of you. Hasim says you should be. And he snaps a finger and we see these men one by one, each grab these children. Eliza is like ripped up off the ground by both of her arms. The cub is ripped up by the scruff from the ground by another man Donnie is also lifted up by like one of his arms and they are like kicking and fighting and like screaming for help. And it is so scary. Yeah. And seems, seems very over the top. I was going to say a little, but no, it's very like what, for what? Because they trespass. I mean, like, be like, get out of here, kids. Yeah. That's it. Like, (laughs) ha ha. Let's take you back to your parents now. Stay here. Don't like, freaking grab him probably and dislocating also like, donnie's shoulder <laughs> I mean, without a doubt it's like yeah. full like ripping them from the ground and again they're like trying to fight back and yeah. also like 
these kids ran immediately. They they got the point. Like yeah, you exactly. them away. They're not what coming you gonna, back. You know, like throw them in like a a cell on your construction <laughs> site. Like, why do you need to take them? They're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. You scared them. It worked. Right. Job now well you, done. You are literally now just assaulting and abusing children and endangered <laughs> animals. Endangered species. Like right. Like massive you are going to prison flags. for this. <laughs> Yes. Without a doubt. And it, not just any child or children. The children of Sir Nigel Thornberry. Exactly. You think he's not going to let the crown know about this? Wait, you think... Or the president of the United States. Your independent contractor business, you think that's going to look good for your foreign relations? Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. No, no, no. This Someone's is, getting fired. Yeah, this is going to look bad. Yes. Luckily, their screams of help and or crying for help while they almost get kidnapped slash who the fuck knows mm-hmm. are cut short by a much louder sound because on top of the cliff face that they're like up against we hear the one and only yeti roar mm-hmm. and we also see it at the top of the cliff like yelling and leaping down from this cliff face oh, to uh this mob of men and the workers in Hasim all rightfully probably shit their pants because yes. this huge monster just jumped down a cliff at them. At them, yeah. Yeah, and really they start running too. away. And this giant ape-like creature, the Yeti, chases them. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so <laughs> extra scary. And, like, Eliza is, like, calling after the Yeti, obviously, because she knows about Angus, that she's just mm-hmm. like, like, okay, thanks, like, it's cool, like, we good like you can come back now like what the workers should have done which is like they already ran away it's fine yeah eliza's basically doing that like come on back but this yeti in the zone continues (laughs) roaring chasing them down he's got Um, bloodlust he's (laughs) one last job before i retire me a quitter i'll never quit again <laughs> Blood on the like thing. Taking this back. to the end. Yeah, exactly. There's only one way to end this construction. <laughs> I always knew I'd go out in flames. <laughs> yeah. Just torches the whole thing, sets it all on fire. <laughs> you just hear like a boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Eliza realizing, like, mm, I probably shouldn't have brought this small cub with me. She brings it back home to its cave, which hilariously. The parents were very excited and relieved to see the cub. So, like, mm-hmm. Eliza may have kidnapped the cub for this plot. It was it slightly like unclear. It. Yeah. But, like, yeah. whatever. Whatever. All is yeah. well. Yeah, it's it's a lie yeah. still. She, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's a lie. She saved it once. She saved it twice. Right, right. And so the parents are super relieved to see their baby back. And Eliza mm-hmm. is like, whew. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. But she realizes what is even crazier is that in the back of the cave is is Angus. Still just chilling there in the cave. And she's like, oh. With the bodies like, of all the construction workers piled up behind him. <laughs> <laughs> His suit stained. Donnie puts on the mask, the helmet again, just stained in blood. Blood. Prepares the blood <laughs> ritual to patch, pass the torch to Donnie in his new his new throne. Just like dripping all over him. <laughs> I guess Donnie, you're officially ready. You are the new Yeti. Yeah. Um. So she thanks him for helping them, 
but she's like, yeah, we like tried to call back to you. Like you kind of ignored us. Rude. Um, how'd you get back so quick? Like, yeah, we took the fastest route as if like, he's not an adult and they're also, not children. And he, like, he hasn't lived there for years. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Angus with his very bushy Scottish eyebrows raised looks at her in confusion and he comments that he has no idea what she's talking about because he has been in this cave the whole time reflecting on basically the last couple decades of his life because Eliza really tore into him and he's now having (laughs) existential crisis in the back of the cave preteen girls man they know how to get you (laughs) right in deep and they twist that knife twist it rip it open more yes Uh. exactly and eliza is obviously shooketh by this information she's like wait well you were here but who was that going on but not as shooketh as the rest of the thornberry family as they enter the cave to find snow leopards who by the way, hilariously, the Cubs immediately love Debbie, which just made me think of the Panda episode where <laughs> Debbie becomes the mom. Yeah, <laughs> they Panda immediately implanted. swarm her. Um, so yeah, is she, is she okay with that, or is she like Ew, at first get off of me? Yeah, at first she's like, oh, and then she was like, oh, and was like okay. settling down. Nice. So yes, so Liza shooketh about the Yeti situation conundrum. Yes. The Thornberry yes. family shooketh by snow leopards, but the most shooketh of all is Nigel, who looks at Angus and realizes this was his mentor who went missing 20 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Real cute. Angus is like so excited to see his favorite prodigy. They embrace. They are just like, oh my God, here you are. Marianne. The professionals always immediately starts filming the snow leopards as they run around the cave because this is now proof that they still exist in this region and thus very smartly because Marianne, not vigilante justice, she's going to follow every letter of the law and make sure there's new loopholes, says this is now evidence that these endangered species are here and thus we can petition to get this area made into a preserve. Awesome. AKA yeah. fuck your resort. Yes. So burn it down. <laughs> I guess flame. <laughs> yeah, it's a lighter. You already <laughs> see Donnie down there with the torch yeah. and the helmet on. <laughs> covered in blood. Um, Angus is relieved by this information. Side note, I do wonder, like, does he suddenly realize, like, oh, that was an option this whole time? <laughs> she doesn't get into yeah, it yeah i knew that he went real deep he he, he, he had no plan b yeah um, it's like there must be some other way but alas there's but alas, not this Man, is the like oh we can get this designated as <laughs> on the this is the ta- this is my mission from god the fact that yeah, that was his first his first plan. I take it. He's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'll just dress up as a yeti and scare everyone away, not just prove that there are snow leopards. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. Here's the thing. I think he had like here's the thing. Where did he get this Yeti costume? Yeah, also it that. must have been a lot to ship it out to him at like this yeah. 
remote point that he was in too deep by the time he realized there could be a plan b he was like i already had to pay for extra shipping for this costume <laughs> i'm going in this what am expensive. i supposed to do about it now and honestly it's cold out here and it's really <laughs> warm wearing this costume yeah and why i think indeed that um angus just is in too deep is because the thornberries say well now that like we've solved this problem for you you can come home now and angus shakes his head and says this is the only home he knows now which i that launched me into so many questions of how has he been living for the last two decades I I think he's just off his rocker at this point. He's been yeah. isolated and alone for two decades, only acting as a predator towards humans, living with these animals. He thinks he is a yeti, actually. <laughs> exactly. Like I've, it's gotten that far. Wow. Yeah, it's they, you just like see the like look in his eyes of like he's no longer in touch with humanity. Yeah, he's totally he needs disassociated. To be, yeah, re-released <laughs> into the wild for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of the answers i had get or questions i had get answered so i'll just say okay and they like walk out of the cave i think they're like uh-huh. gonna have dinner with him or something hopefully yeah, at the tea yeah. house he not like a regular his, meal like rats he eats or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> whatever snow rodent is easy to catch <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, Uh, I got you. I'll have you guys over in the cave. And they're like, he's like turning a rat over a fire. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. This is my specialty. Donnie's Uh, eating it raw. Yeah. See, he knows. Yeah, he's good. My successor. My Yeti Jr. Um, And so as they're walking out, um, Darwin uh, and Eliza are trailing behind. Darwin absolutely eats shit as he falls into this huge footprint in the snow. And they hear a distant howl. And Darwin is like, okay, who the fuck is that? And yeah. Eliza just looks up and says, a friend, Darwin. <gasps> a friend. <laughs> and that's it. That's the I end. I mean, on a, on a good day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just chose not to eat you in that moment. Yeah. But like that real life Yeti that we just confirmed exists. Or a much more violent other professor who got lost. <laughs> these woods or these mountains unclear so that's it that's the answer intentions are less pure um wow that's great there's so many things i want to say but i also don't want to forget we have to do our little countdown or our listing of what would have killed the thornberries or should have or could have killed the thornberries in this episode there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot well definitely those men were probably going to kill them because they can't have bodies laying around or Mm -hmm. witnesses the actual yeti the yes who i believe actually killed those men now that we know <laughs> yes that, that, like, that wasn't yeah the professor yeah, that like yeah the, those men are dead yes one thousand percent and yeah the construction's probably gonna stop because those yeah are dead. because yeah because they don't have any more workers so this hey. whole time angus thought that he was the hero and was the actual yeti yeah <laughs> <Just the delusion laughs> like never actually scared them at all <laughs> exactly um so yeah those the real yeti um there was a lot of steep cliffs that mm-hmm. eliza was just running around willy-nilly and then i think um when she first when they first got into the snow leopard cave the parents were like like prowling to approach them until the cubs stepped in so yeah and i guess leopards. maybe the cold almost killed 
Darwin. True. I think that's it. Yeah. Any others? Okay. I mean, that's a long list. It's a long list. And all very, very violent deaths. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Not like, I, I mean, maybe the most pleasant would be freezing to death, but I still don't think that would be yeah. great. But you know so. what? Nature is metal and Eliza will Nature fucking is... find out. Nature <laughs> is metal way. and Eliza's the lead vocalist. <laughs> 100 percent out there screaming wow you know what? great this job this makes sense that donnie's part of it he's obviously <laughs> in the band he is yeah yeah he's the bass player for the band <laughs> exactly for the metal oh, nature man. band for them great so, job yeah thank awesome. you thank you um so between now and next week when we have our final wild thornberries episode for yeah. the time being who should our viewers and listeners tell about the show uh, I think everyone should find like a Yeti researcher, you know, there are nice. all sorts of documentaries and I guess conspiracy theory films, whatever about like the abominable snowman and yeah. Yetis and all of that and find someone who does the research for those and let nice. them know, you know, one of, one of these classic cartoons covered such folklore in the past and so now we're you know I, I think this answers the question as to whether or not they exist tell them that they can yeah. quit their job as documentarians and just <laughs> rely Watch on the episode. wild thornberries yeah, yeah. <laughs> um excellent I think after you tell them um adjacent to that but not quite the same tell a Bigfoot researcher yeah definitely like <laughs> societies of people who do that mm-hmm. there's a lot of podcasts Probably out in yeah. your area too exactly <laughs> hotbed <laughs> So it's like the North American-ish version of a mm-hmm. Yeti. So yeah, tell a Bigfoot researcher and um, oh. yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Yeah, that's our that's our new demo. The Yeti and the Bigfoot <laughs> researchers. I and, mean, hey, you said it yourself. This is not our first episode talking about them. So exactly. plenty of content in there yes. and honestly, for them to like. <laughs> if you do see one in the Woods or the Mountains of Himalayas, aka Bigfoot or a Yeti, tell them too while you're there. Let's oh, have yeah. that bonus yeah. on of like, do you get sell data out here yeah just like give them your cell phone that would be a great <laughs> ad actually for like verizon or something like in a remote <laughs> forest you, you run across bigfoot and you just like hand him your phone and he just starts like scrolling like oh thanks cool <laughs> like yeah, it works oh, yeah, i need to catch up on my episodes so yeah. something this show in particular obviously mm-hmm, um yes excellent great well cool see y'all next Until week next week bye, bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.